0: Welcome to Bangalore Revival Center, a church dedicated to loving God and serving people. Today, we have Pastor Pregi teaching us from the series Hallowed Be Thy Name. The revelation that he would be sharing today is from the name Ayah Asher Hope this will minister to you today. Let's go into the Word. We are studying uh, this series, Hallowed Be Thy Name. Everybody say Hallowed. Hallowed. Be Thy Name. You know, this uh, title, it comes from the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray in the book of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. What did Jesus say? He said, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And when Jesus was asking us to pray this prayer, when Jesus was asking, when Jesus was teaching us to pray this prayer, to pray like this, he was pushing us to not only give Him lip service, but also change our lifestyle to such a life that everything that we do in our life will exalt His name. Everything that we do in our life will honor Him. Everything that we do in our life will bring Him praise, bring, uh, you know, credit to His name. And see, the thing about His name is that every time we understand His name, we understand a revelation that is hidden in that name every time we understand his name you know in the in the Word of God, uh, like we've been studying in the last couple of months, every time we see a new name in in the scripture we we see that there is a reason why they use that particular name and there is a heart behind using that name and there was a there was a breakthrough or a revelation because of which that name was used amen and my hope and my prayer is that as we pursue god and as we walk with god we will continue to see god in a new light in a new Way with a new revelation, with a new perspective every single day. You know, the Bible talks about how angels, they, they are crying out day and night, 24 hours, 365 days, they are crying out saying, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen. And, you know, many people have, uh, have shared this revelation and I was listening to this particular story of... Uh, a man who went to heaven and returned. And, and he was talking about how he would see these angels experiencing a new dimension or a new understanding or a new revelation of who God is every time they go around his throne. And that is when they would say, Wow, that you are holy. Your love is holy. Your mercy, it is holy. Every time they will see God afresh, they will say, You are holy. Amen. So whenever we have a revelation of who God is, that becomes the foundation for our worship. That becomes a foundation for our praise. That becomes a foundation for our surrender. That becomes a foundation for our giving to God. And any time that we hold ourselves back and we we refuse to see God in His fullness, in His complete, uh, uh, you know, glory and in His complete magnificence, we will uh, not be able to worship God. Our worship to God, our uh, giving to God, our surrendering to God will also be affected. And that is why it is necessary that as a church we come to a place where we ask God to cause His name to be hallowed in our lives. Ask God to cause His name to be honored and exalted in our lives. Ask God to give us the grace to walk in such a way that everything we do will be a new revelation of His personality, a new revelation of His character, a new revelation of His life. Amen? Amen. The Bible talks about Moses. You know, Moses was the man who uh, was predominantly used by god to introduce god to us you know uh, the first five books of the bible is written by that is where we get introduced to the concept of god that is where we get introduced to the person of god and Moses is the man who wrote, in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. Moses was the man who wrote that Yahweh made man in his own image. Okay, Moses was the man who wrote about the El Shaddai revelation that, uh, that Abraham experienced. Moses was the man who wrote about the El revelation that Abraham experienced when Melchizedek came and blessed him. Amen? And this Moses, in the beginning of his journey with God, the Bible says that, you know, when he was shepherding a flock, the Bible says that God appeared to him and God said, I am the God of your father. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So now, because you know who I am, I'm giving you a task. Now go and be a leader and bring my people out. And that's when Moses replies like this. Let's read Exodus chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, Moses protested and he said, If I go to the people of Israel and I tell them that the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what will they ask me? So this was their complain this could have been their complaint this is what Moses is saying that if I go and tell them that the God of your ancestors the God of Abraham Jacob Isaac and Jacob is asking me to come to you is sending me to you they may ask me his name they may ask me they may want to know what is his name and then what should I tell them? Because I don't know anything about you, God. I don't have a revelation of who you are. This is, you should understand, this is not 40 years after he began walking with God. He wrote the Torah. He wrote Genesis to Deuteronomy. After that, uh, 40 years of walking with God from this point. And yet... This is the beginning point of Moses' journey with God. This is the first encounter that Moses would have with the face of God. Yeah? And that is when he is asking God, God, who are you by the way? I don't know you. I want to know your name. Do you have a name? You know, this country, they worship this particular idol and this particular God and that God has a name. This place, they worship this particular person and this person has a name. Do you have a name? Because when I go to talk on your behalf, I need to tell them I am sent by so and so. I need to introduce you before I talk about you. Amen? And this was God's reply. Are you ready for this? Come on. This is very powerful. Verse 14, the Bible says, And God replied to Moses and he said, Come on. What did he say? He said, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. That, that looks like a grammatical error for most of us, right? See, if you're not familiar with scripture, if you're reading this for the very first time, you'd be like, somebody made a typo, somebody made a printing error. This doesn't sound, uh, you know, correct because it should be I am so and so. You don't say I am who I am. That is not the right way to introduce somebody. But God says that is my name. I am who I am. I am that I am. And when you go and speak to these people, this is what you tell them. You tell them that I am has sent me to you. I'm I'm just imagining how Moses would be confused. And, and can you imagine the confusion that the people would experience when some when they hear that uh, an I am a person who refers to himself as an I am has has sent this guy to lead us. He has no uh, no particularity that will set him that will make him like okay he's he's so and so or he's you know when we. Uh, go for a conference, you know, and we have speakers in a conference and, you know, there is a round of introduction and we, you, you give them a particular detail and you say, okay, so see, this is why you should be ready to receive from this person. This person is really anointed and, and you've, you must have heard this name, you must have followed him on Facebook, you know, you must have seen this name pop up on your YouTube feed and this is a very important name and that is why you should pay attention to this name. And yet when Moses is going to introduce God to, these, to this people group, the Bible says he did not have any description about this God. God just told them, hey, just go and tell them, I am who I am. That's it. So what God was trying to tell them is, hey, I am who I am, but you get to give me a name every time you see something about me. That is why if you see all the names that we studied, who gave those names to God? People, those who worship, they said, oh, you are the God that provides. So you are Yahweh. Somebody would say, oh, you are the God that gives me peace. So you are Yahweh Shalom. See, God did not say I am Yahweh Shalom. God said, I am that I am. I don't need a name to define me. I am above your characterization. You cannot limit me by saying that this is who I am. I am greater than everything else, that everything that your mind can plan or think or uh, you know seem to define me, I am more than all of that. But you get to journey with me and see me and see this personality that I am and you get to give me a name on your own. You get to have a revelation. You get to have a perspective. You get to have an understanding of who I am and then give me a name in accordance to that. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I would call the name of God that we are studying, I am that I am. In Hebrew, it would mean Eya, Asher, Eya. Can you say it out loud? Eya, Asher, Eya. Come on, I, mean, I know that we are not very familiar with this particular name, but let's, let's say it a couple of times so it gets into your spirit. Aya, Asher, Aya. See, Asher would mean that word that, okay? It can be used as because, it could be used as so, it could be used uh, however, it's, it's, it's not uh, you know, it's not the proper name, but I am is like the proper name. Eya is like the proper name that God is using to refer to himself. Everybody, Eya, Asher, Eya. Which means I am that I am. See, uh, the Hebrew scholars would choose to translate it in different ways. Uh, one of those guys would say, I will be who I will be. I shall prove to be whatever I shall Prove to be. I will be because I will be. I will be that I will be. What God is saying is, hey, you you do not have to limit me or you do not have to define me. I will define myself. I am above your wildest definition. Whatever you choose to put me in, I, I will choose to exceed that. If you will say that I'm just your healer, no, I can exceed that. I can... Go beyond that, and I can go, I can blow your mind away with revelation day in and day out about who I am in your life. Amen. Everybody say Eya, Eya. Asher? Eya. 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 I want to journey with this great I am on a daily basis to understand who He can be in my life, what He can do in my life, what He can be in my home, what he can be in my city, in my nation, what is the possibility what is the uh, potential of unleashing the power and the presence of this great I am in my life Amen, Moses would have a further encounter in the book of Exodus chapter 33 and verse 19 the Bible says, the Lord replied and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you you know So you should understand this, okay? Every time Moses would get one particular revelation of his goodness or Abraham or whoever is walking with God, you get one revelation of his goodness, you get one name that you can give him. You get one name. And now God is telling Moses and God says, I'm going to cause all my goodness, all my goodness. You know, he has different levels of goodness. The Bible says that he makes the sun rise on the righteous and the wicked because he's a good God. He makes the rain fall on the righteous and the wicked. Why? Because that's a good God. And yet there is a level of goodness that is beyond that that only righteous people can experience. There is, a, there is a goodness that only uh, faithful lovers of God can experience. There is a goodness that only worshippers can experience. There is a goodness that only those that are uh, you know, deeply committed to God's ways can experience. Amen. So God is telling Moses, I'm going to make all my goodness pass before you. And what I will do is I will call out my name Yahweh before you. The next line he says, and I will show mercy to whom I will choose. And I will show compassion to anyone I choose. You know what God is saying is, see, I am that I am. I will be who I will be. And I will decide who I will show mercy on. You cannot buy my mercy. You cannot pray too hard into receiving my mercy. You cannot give too much money to receive my mercy. God says, no, I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. And I will show compassion to whom I will show compassion. I'm above and beyond your wildest definitions. Come on, church. This morning we have to get that. I mean, it's good to study the names of God. It's good to have our understanding and our perspectives about God. But we have to come back to realize, no, God is beyond my definition. God is the great I am. He is Ea, Asher, Ea. He is the I am that I am. Amen? And when we realize that, we would be willing to pursue God and we would be willing to ask God to give us increased understandings of His goodness every day, every season of our life, every new morning, every new situations and circumstances in our life. And in this last season, we got to study a few of them, right? That is in the scripture. Let's revise them and just also add a few more to the list. Is that okay? What we are doing is we are trying to understand the revelations that these guys had about God. Amen? Amen. And you should understand, this doesn't limit God. You understand what I'm saying? God's revelation is not limited in these words or in these names. His revelation is that I am that I am. Now, you walk with me, you experience who I am, and you, you can call me a name according to your revelation of who I am. Okay? Now, the Bible says, the first one is El Shaddai. God Almighty. We would see this in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. We studied this in detail, right? God appeared to Abraham and said, I am El Shaddai. Now walk before me blamelessly. That, that, that revelation of the El Shaddai God automatically brought a responsibility on Abraham to walk with God. The next thing that we would see is El Elyon. We would see this in Genesis 14, verse 18 to 22, the whole encounter that uh, Abraham had with Melchizedek, where Melchizedek would bless Abraham in the name of El Elyon, the God Most High, the possessor of the heaven and the earth. El Elyon. Amen. And you know, this morning as I'm uh, sharing some of these revelations, I know that we have already heard them. But if you feel that I need this particular revelation of God in my life, sometimes God may give you your own original revelation. Sometimes you can definitely get and receive from other people's revelation of who this God is. Amen? If you feel that, you know, I, I need that revelation. I need God to be God Almighty in my life. You know, I want you to receive it. And I, I, one of the things you could do is just stand up and, and just receive. And we'll pray for you and we'll release this word over your life. Amen? So he's El Shaddai, who is God Almighty. And he's El Elyon, who is God above everything. God Most High. And then he's Yahweh Sevaot. You remember Yahweh Sevaot, right? The Lord of hosts. The Bible says that David, he went to fight Goliath and he said... I do not come against you in, with spears and swords, but I come against you in the name of the God of the armies of Israel. What he was saying is, I'm coming against you in the name of Yahweh Sevaot. So it was not the stone that killed or took down Goliath. It was not the sword that killed Goliath. It was the name of Yahweh Sevaoth. Because that was the revelation that David had as he walked with God. That was the understanding that he had about this Eya, Asher, Eya, that he is Yahweh Sevaoth. Amen. The next one that we learn is Yahweh Rapha. We read this in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 20. It's God told the Israelites, I am the God that healeth you. I am the God that restores, that, that, that is releasing my healing presence over your life. And, and you see, when we receive this and we believe that He is my Yahweh Rapha, it becomes impossible for us to be content with sickness to be content with challenges, to be content with limitations in our life. Amen? Because God is saying this in the Old Testament, even before Jesus died for us on the cross. God is saying, I am the God that healeth you. You know, in fact, the promise was so profound that even till today, Jews, they don't get sick by a lot of Diseases, there are a lot of genetic diseases that that come down that doesn't affect Jews, that doesn't affect those that are under the covenant of the Old Testament. And if the covenant in the Old Testament was so powerful, can you imagine how much greater and glorious is the covenant of the New Testament where the Bible says he died to pay for our sins and to forgive us of our sicknesses. Amen. Forgive us our sicknesses. Forgive us our sins and to heal our sicknesses. Amen. The next revelation is Yahweh Roi. We learned that last Sunday. The Lord my shepherd. And when we see God as our shepherd, it has to push us to become shepherds of his people. It has to push us to imitate that heart and that love, that desire that he has for his dear children. And then we see Yahweh Shalom, we see the revelation that Gideon had, you know, usually all revelations of the names of God is after a breakthrough, after a battle, but here is Gideon in the midst of chaos, in the midst of challenges, in the midst of problems, Gideon looks at God, Gideon looks at the messenger of God and he builds an altar to God and he says, you are Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord our peace. That was the revelation that he had at that point. That was the grace that he needed at that point. That I, I, you know, I know that God is whoever I would see him and experience him to be. But I know that this Yahweh, he is my shalom. He is my wholeness. He is my peace. Amen. Go on to Yahweh Shama. This is the last verse in the book of Ezekiel. You know, if you read the book of Ezekiel, it is a very prophetic book. I'm still trying to figure out this book, I have not even gotten one tenth of Where I want to be, you know, yesterday, uh, Pastor Rashmi, she did an amazing teaching on chapter 47. You should go back and listen if you have not listened. And in chapter 48, after he finishes the description of this new temple that will be built, the final revelation that he lives with is, he says, hey, and that place will be called Yahweh Shama, which means the Lord is there. Amen? And this is a a prediction about the church where the Lord will live. The Lord will live among us. Amen? And the prediction about the new church, the new Jerusalem into the future where the Bible talks about how God will be among us. God will live among us and God will wipe away our tears and He will be Yahweh Shama to each and every one of us. Amen? And when we see that revelation, it has to drive us to believe that, hey, the same God that promised that He will be with us when we come together, He is also with me. When I'm at home alone and I'm feeling lonely and I'm feeling that I don't have all my needs, but He's still there with me. He's there to take care of all my needs because He is the God who is there, who is always present. Amen. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 6. That He is Yahweh Sikhednu. Which means He is is Yahweh. He is the Lord of our righteousness. You know I am so amazed by how. So many of these revelations were in the Old Testament before Jesus came. And yet these are revelations that were fulfilled in the New Testament when Apostle Paul would write and he said, Hey, this person who had no sin in him, he was made a sin so that you and I can become the righteousness of God. Amen. And, and and here is the prophet Jeremiah who is saying he is Yahweh Sekednu, which means the Lord our righteousness. Amen. Give me mean, the next one. It says Yahweh Hireh. This is the most used one, right? And I hope, I hope that you would have a deep understanding of What the Lord provides for you In every season of life In every season of the life You know if you read the context you would see You would read this particular statement Which says on the mountain of the Lord It shall be provided So as long as you Climb the mountain As long as you remain in a state of worship, in a state of surrender, it is not possible that you have your needs not taken care of. You will have all your needs taken care of and you will experience yahweh in your life. Amen? The next revelation that I want to bring to you is yahweh Mekadish. This is amazing. This is amazing, amazing, amazing. This is God saying in Exodus chapter 31 verse 13. He says, I am the Lord who sanctifies you. makes you clean again you see this it's not possible for the blood of goat or bull to make us clean in the Old Testament they could only cover our sins and yet God was giving us a revelation Through his prophets back in the day, when Moses wrote this, when Abraham wrote it, when David spoke about it, when when these guys brought this out, they were giving us a foreshadow of what Jesus will do for us. And the Bible says, it says, He is Yahweh Mekadesh. He's the Lord who sanctifies us. What do you need this morning, church? What do you need? Because He is Asher, Ea. I am who I will be. I will be who I will be. I am that I am. And I shall be because I shall be. I I want to be everything that you need in your life. I will be that. If you need cleansing from the Lord, if you need sanctification in your life, the Lord says, I am Yahweh Sikednu over your life. Because I am the Lord who makes you clean, who sanctifies you. This may be a little unusual because it's an Aramic term. It's not Hebrew word. Atik Yomin. Everybody say atikyomin. Atik yomin. Come on, loudly. Loudly. You know the book of Daniel was not written in Hebrew because Daniel he wrote it from Babylon. And he was trained in the ways of Babylon. And that is why the more the terms, the the meanings that he would use, he would use it in Aramic. And he would call God as Atik Yomin multiple times during his revelation of being in heaven. God would take him up into heaven and he would see God and he would talk about God, now again this is God the father we are talking about because you would see in the next line that he would refer to Jesus as the son of man and yet when he's looking at the one who is seated on the throne, he would call him the ancient of days which means in Aramaic that would be referred to as Atik Yomin, which means he's he's an eternal God he's the same yesterday, today and Forever. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He is eternal. Amen. Amen. Another word that means the same is El Olam. You know, this is again Abraham. The Bible says he, he planted a tree and he, he named that place El Olam, which means the everlasting God, which means the eternal God, the God in whom there is no end. Time is not a restriction for this God. You cannot lose time when you're walking with God. Amen. Come on, let me tell you that once again, you cannot lose time when you're walking with God. Because when you walk with an eternal being, there can be no loss of time. Because he's a God who can restore even time. He's Atik Yomin. He's El Olam. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's proceed. laharoi. How many of you remember this? This is what Hagar called God. When Hagar was in the wilderness, the Bible says that, he, that she pushed her son away because her son was dying of hunger and thirst. And that is when the Bible says God heard the cry of the baby and God sent an angel and God made sure that their need is met. And immediately, this is is the wisdom of a woman of God. The Bible says when that happened, this lady, she called her son Ishmael, which means God hears. And she called that well saying, which means the God who sees. He's the God who hears and he's the God who sees. So so, so what she did is, hey, I'm going to name my blessing. Ishmael was the blessing that she got. She named her blessing and she named the place where she received that blessing, both according to the name, according to the revelation that she had about who God was. Amen? So what she's saying is, this is the God who sees me. This is the God who, who, who has understood my pain. He is Bir Lahai Roy. And some of you this season, you need to experience Bir Lahai Roy. You know, some of you may feel that nobody understands you, that nobody understands what you're going through, or nobody understands your pain. Don't worry. He is your Bir Lahai Roy, Because He is the God who sees you, and He is the God who hears you. Amen then we would see this name that David gave to a particular place, which means Baal Perazim, which means, the, the term is Beal Perazim, which means the Lord who bursts through. You know, one of the terms for God in the Old Testament is Beal. You know, you would think that that's the name of the pagan God, but it was not the name of the pagan God. It was a, a very common name used to refer to God or deity. And, you know, there was a particular God that they worshipped around that time uh, which had this name prominently. But it was the name word, the, the root meaning of the word is just, just God. Yeah, and David named a particular place because he saw when he went into battle with the Philistines, he had such an amazing victory that he says, Hey, I did not have to struggle for this, the Lord just burst through. You know, the term is similar to how you know if you would open up a dam uh, that is filled with water, how water will just gush through. You know, when this water comes, you would know that. The municipality or the government authorities, they will tell you, you should not be anywhere close to this. If you have a house on a, uh, around this place, make sure to evacuate your house and go to a prominent place. And you'll be like, hey, it's just water. How hard, how bad could it be? Because it is a bursting forth that happens because it's been in such a great pressure, and when the water comes, it will take away, it will sweep away everything that is in its way. And David experiences, because David understood, hey, I'm not going to limit myself to the revelation of the fact that he is Yahweh Seva Oath. Yeah, that is how we killed his Goliath, right? But he says, "No, now I want, to, I want to experience different ways. Every time I have a victory, I want to see a different revelation of who God is. You would see the same thing with Abraham. He had multiple revelations of the names of God. You would see the same thing about Moses. He had multiple revelations of the names of God. That one revelation did not define his entire life. And right now, David says, God, you are Baal perazim, which means the Lord who has the capacity to burst through my enemies, burst through my problems, burst through my issues, burst through. Give me the breakthrough that I'm longing for, that I'm looking forward to. Amen. Amen. The next one, Ebenezer. This is Samuel who gave this name to a particular place. And he said, thus far. Somebody say, thus far. Thus far, 2020, from the beginning of January 1st till December 13th. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. He is my Ebenezer. He is my Ebenezer. He is the God that I am thankful for. You know, in fact, what he did was he erected a stone, and he called that stone my stone of health. and he named it, and he said, "This is Ebenezer, which is my stone of help." Today we can look to God and say, "God, you are my stone of help," because thus far, thus far, somebody said, thus, "Thus far," look at your neighbor and say, "Thus far." Thus far we are not destroyed yet We are not destroyed yet We are not dead yet We are not under the ground yet We are not in that place We may be pressed on every side But we are not destroyed completely We may be persecuted regularly And yet we are not abandoned by God We may may have a lot of challenges But yet we are not crushed We are not completely taken out Amen Amen The Bible says about Jesus, it says a flickering candle, he will not extinguish. He will not take it out. Instead, he will fan into flames. Amen. Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. You should understand, it says, long ago God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the so all the revelations that we read about they are revelations that we have about god through let's say abraham through a moses through a david through a hagar through a samuel you know all of these guys who who walked with god who have said hey if this god is eh asher then i want to have a taste of this god and they gave these names to god amen now the author of hebrews he says hey in the past and long ago God spoke in many ways, God revealed himself in different ways through different prophets and in the last days, in these days the next verse, verse 2, it says now in these final days, everybody say these are the final days no, no, no like, not like that, loudly come on, these are the final days It says, now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son and God promised everything to the son as an inheritance and through the son, he created the universe. What is the name of this son? Jesus Jesus, or Yeshua in Hebrew, the next verse. It says in verse three, the son, what does he do? He radiates God's own glory. or He radiates the Father's own glory and He expresses the very character of God. Do you remember me telling you that every name is a revelation of the character of God? And the Bible says, now the Son, Jesus Christ, what is His job description? His job description is to radiate the glory of the Father and to express the very character of who God really is. And the Bible says he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. And you know, there is this particular conversation that Jesus, the son of God who is come to express the full Revelation of who God is, right? He's having this particular conversation. Give me that scripture. John chapter 8 and verse 56. He, says, he tells these people, he says, Your father Abraham, he rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and he was glad. Who is he talking to? Jews. You remember? Jews who boast in the fact that they have the God of Abraham, Isaac and... Jacob. Now Jesus is talking to these guys and he's saying, hey, your father Abraham, your pastor, your senior leader, your whoever you guys look up to, he, when he looked at me, he rejoiced. He was happy about me. He celebrated me. See, when we celebrate a man of God and yet cannot get along with Jesus, we've got a problem. When we celebrate an institution, a religion, a system, but we cannot get along with Jesus, we do not have a relationship with Jesus, we do not surrender our lives to Jesus, we do not have an intimacy with Jesus, then we've got a problem. You may have a great spiritual father, you may have an amazing church that you're part of, you may be doing everything right. But if you do not have a relationship with this Jesus, then you have a big, big problem. If you cannot surrender to this Jesus... That's the problem that these guys had. And Jesus is talking to people like them and he said, your father Abraham, the, the guy that you guys look up to, when he looked at my day, he rejoiced. He was so exceedingly happy. The next verse, verse 57, he says, then the people replied and he said, hey, you're not even 50 years old. How old are you, Jesus? How many places have you gone to? What is your, what, You know, I mean, who are you anyways? How can you say that Abraham saw you? You're not even 50 years old. How can you say that you have seen our father? Because Abraham lived in the days of old. Abraham lived in the past. How can you say that you have seen Abraham? And that's when Jesus makes this phenomenal statement. Are you ready for this? Come on. Are you ready for this? He says, he replies and he says I tell you the truth guys Before Abraham was even born He doesn't say I was He doesn't say You know I read it somewhere He says before Abraham was even born I am Because I am greater than Abraham guys You know the, this thing Was so blasphemous For the Jews because they Relate Asher Only to one person they relate that only to God the Father, the Ancient of Days, the one who is seated on the throne. Nobody else can say, I am that I am. Nobody has the daring to say, He is the I am. And here is, here is this person, Jesus, who is not even 50 years old, and he comes and says, Hey guys, your father Abraham, he looked at me and he was happy. Why? You know why? Because before Abraham was, I am. You know, the next verse, it says that people took up stones to throw at Jesus. The reason was because Jesus was making himself equal to the great I am. He was saying, you heard about the introduction that God gave to Moses, right? When he said, I am that I am. Now Jesus is saying, hey, guess what? Ta-da, I am. You know, Jesus did not get crucified because he could heal the sick. Jesus did not get persecuted because he, he did a lot of miracles. If you do that, you will get television. You'll be on television, right? You'll, you'll have a great following. Your Facebook will be exploding. But Jesus got persecuted because he claimed to be God. Because he claimed equality with the Father. Because he said, I am. Before your Abraham was, I am. You know, this was a concept they couldn't understand because they're like, how can that be? How can, how, can, how can a person who is not even 50-year-old, how can you be the I am? How can you be the I am? And Jesus wouldn't stop there. He would go on pressing and pushing and he would give them revelations of the great I am. The Bible says in John chapter 6, he told them, I am the bread of life. Anybody that is hungry, hey, I am the bread that came down from heaven. If you're not satisfied with what you're doing in life, if you're living discontent, if you're still hungry, if you're still not satisfied, why don't you come to me? Because I am the bread of life. He told the Samaritan woman, I will give you living waters. I will give you a water that will satisfy your thirst and you will never thirst again. You will never be hungry again. You will never be desperate again. You will never be on that mode of, 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 of feeling without purpose and without goal in your life because I am the bread of life. You know, every bread that you eat, it has a limitation. It has an expiry date. You know, you, you know, nobody says, okay, I ate food today, so uh, I'm okay not eating food for the next, you know, few years, few months. I was very amazed to know that a crocodile can eat a meal, right? He can eat a meal and not eat for the next three, four months. and that's crazy. But none of us are crocodiles. We, you know, if you, if you have had a meal in the morning, by afternoon... You know, we start craving for something. By evening, we start craving for something else. But the Bible says God is giving us something that is going to satisfy us for life. He's the bread of somebody says He's my bread of life. You know, God. When um, Adam and Eve sinned, God said, you know, there was a discussion, you know, in between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God told there was a discussion, and they're they're talking between each other, and He says, Hey, hey, hey you know what? Now that Adam has sinned, if he goes and eats of this tree of life, something comes on this tree of life. If he eats the tree of life, the sin will be in him. This disobedience, this rebellion will be in him forever and he will never die. So let us stop him from eating of this tree of life. Now, the Bible says Jesus came down and he said, Hey, you were looking for the tree? Here I am. I am the bread, I am the product of that tree, I am the bread of life, if you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, man, you will have everlasting life, you will have life eternity and and you know, in the Old Testament, everybody, according to the experiences they had, they would Look at God and say, you are Yahweh-ireh, you are Yahweh-shalom, you are Yahweh-sikkenu. Now, here is Jesus who expresses the character of God who comes and says, now I am the bread of life and I am giving myself to you. In chapter 8 verse 12, Jesus says, now I am. Jesus is claiming who he is. He is saying, I am. Before Abraham was? Abraham. I am. Now I am. I am the light of the world. And he talks about the creation and he talks about how light was created and how the whole world is full of darkness currently and how he is the light of the world. And he says, anybody that follows me, you guys will also become the light of the world. You guys will also become lights in similar fashion. Amen. The next verse in John chapter 10 and verse 7 and 9, he says, I am the door. I am the gate. Nobody, nobody can enter in without going through me I am the door I am the way I am the gate If you want to experience coming He's talking basically about the sheepfold Okay, he's talking about the church And he says, I am the door of the church I am the gate of the church You want to get into the church? I mean, this physical church Nobody's going to stop you from getting into this church But if you want to get into his church There is only one way there is only one door or one gate. You have to go through Jesus. Amen. No baptism or none, none of that. None of the human traditions can make you a part of the global church. If you want to be part of his sheepfold, Jesus says, I am the door and I am the gate. You have to go through me. You have to receive me. You have to make me the master, the ruler, the Lord of your life. And only then you can be part of that church. In chapter 10, further on, he says, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd, the good shepherd that lays down his life for his sheep. The good shepherd, not just a shepherd, but I am the good shepherd. There's a big difference between a shepherd, a business-minded shepherd, and a good shepherd. Because a good shepherd, he lays down his life for his sheep. Amen? The next verse in chapter 11 and verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Who is he saying this to? He's saying this to Martha. When Martha is uh, having a fight, having a protest with Jesus. And and she says, Jesus, if you had been here, then Lazarus would not have died. And And I know that in the last day, you know, eventually he will come back to life. But Jesus, no, no, no. Right now, I am here with you. And because I am here with you, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Are you ready to receive me? If you are, then you will experience resurrection and life not 10 days from now, not 10 years from now, but today you will experience resurrection and life. It's very easy to comfort people by saying, okay, when you get to heaven, you will have no pain, no sorrow, no problem. But what Jesus is saying is, no, 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 I am, I am. Not, I will, not just that I will be. Not just that I was, but I am. Somebody say, I am. I am. Eya. Eya. Asher. Asher. Eya. 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 Asher. Asher. Eya, which means I am. That I am. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The next verse in chapter 14 and verse is a very famous scripture. He says, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. Everything that you want, everything that you need. He goes on to say, nobody can go to the father except through me because I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You may have Abraham, you may have Moses, all of that is good guys, but you still need me because I am the way, the truth and the life to the Father. I am the way that makes your relationship with the Father possible. Amen? In chapter 15, he would go on to say that I am the true wine, the true grapevine. I am that. I am the one that, that is the central figure in your life and you are the branches. All of you guys, you are the branches. You are you're part of this wine. You receive nourishment from me. You receive help from me. You know, John, he wouldn't stop just in the book of John. He would see a revelation of Jesus in the book of Revelation. And he would write this. Jesus came and told him, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. I am the L O God. I am from everlasting to everlasting. Hey, 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 those of you who believe that Jesus is not the same as God the Father, you've gotten it wrong. Because Jesus claimed to be everything that God said in the Old Testament. Where God said he's the ancient of days, he is El Olam, all of this. You said, hey, that's who I am. I am the beginning and I am the end. I am an eternal being. I am everything. And that's who we have a relationship with. And the more that we see him, the more that we experience him. You know, when we, when we want to grow in a relationship with Ea, Asher Ea, it's impossible to do that without Jesus. It's impossible to do that if we do not give our intimacies, our affection, everything to the person of Jesus. The next slide. Read it with me. Ea, Asher Ea, invites us into a deep, intimate relationship with himself so we see and reflect his glory once again come on read it once again Ea Asher Asher. Ea invites me invites us into a deep and an intimate relationship with himself through the sun so that we see and reflect the glory of God everybody say so that we see And we reflect reflect. the the glory of God. Now, Jesus told us that just like the Father sent me, now I am sending you into the world. What did the Father send me to do? He sent me to reflect his image, his glory. Now, I am sending you out so that you will reflect my image and my glory. And that is why when we Journey, we have to keep seeing what is it that, G- that Jesus is special for? What is so unique about Jesus? If I can see that, then I can practice it. If I can see that, then I can walk in it. If I can see that I can I can build on it. Paul would say this in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. He says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. You must have the exact same way of talking, the same way of spending, the same way of living, the same mental attitude that Jesus had. Why? He was a representation of the Father's glory and character. Now you have to be his representation and, and, and you have to be the one that will make sure that his character is, is seen by everybody. So you should have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. The next verse, he says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. And what did he do? He humbled himself, it says in verse 7, it says, He instead he gave up his divine privileges and he took up the humble position of a slave and was born of a human being. In other words, he did not just say, oh, I am that I am, I will stay where I am. No, he humbled himself to become a human being. He took the form of a human being. Being, like you and me, who are frail, who can be killed, who can be hurt, who has emotions that can be, you know, very hurtful in life. The Bible says he took our form. And when he appeared in human form, verse 8, it says he humbled himself. How much? To the point in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. This is the Jesus we are talking about. This is the Jesus we have to imitate. This is the attitude we need to learn. Obedience to the point of what? Obedience to the point of? A death. Sometimes people may think you are a criminal, but will you still remain obedient? Sometimes people will think you are unacceptable, but will you still remain committed? Will you still remain loyal to God? Sometimes your families will reject you, kick you out of the house. Will you still remain faithful to what God has called you? Whatever the cost, will you be obedient to God? Verse 9, he says, therefore, somebody read it with me. This verse is a very powerful scripture. All of us, one, two, three, go. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Verse 10, it says that at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father What did it say? It says, hey, Jesus was I am And yet he he did not stick to being I am He humbled himself, took the position of a slave became a human being and therefore God elevated him and elevated the name the human name that he carried you know that Jesus is a human name that we gave him that Mary gave him in in Hebrew it would mean Yehoshua which is which means the Lord is salvation that is a human name that he had and yet that name which is not a name that the father gave him it is a name You know, Jesus doesn't need a name to define him. You know that, right? Because he is the? I am. am. He is Ea, Asher. He doesn't need a name. And yet, because we gave him a name when he came on this earth. The Bible says that human name that got persecuted and crucified. The Bible says God elevated that name and made that name the name above every other name. Every other name that name that was humble, that was insulted by people, that name became the name above every other name and says now every tongue will confess. You know, it doesn't say only Christians will confess. Every tongue, every person, you like it or not, will all confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Some of us will do it willingly on this side of eternity and others will do it unwillingly. And to their own judgment on that great day. But we'll all do it. It's better that we do it now. It is better that we make that choice today where we say, okay, I am going to bow my knee to Him and I'm going to call Him Lord. Amen? Amen. If you will do that, you will be with Him for all eternity. And the more that we grow in this relationship with His Son, the more we see the character, we see the person of Jesus, we see the person of God the Father, we see the personality of the Holy Spirit because Jesus is the doorway to the triune God. Jesus is the one who came and made himself, made the Godhead relatable for you and me. Amen? And the Bible says in the book of Luke, chapter 24 and verse 27, this is talking about the two disciples who were traveling uh, to Moses, it says Jesus took them through the writings of Moses from Genesis onwards okay till this point only the first part of the Bible is written the Old Testament Moses and the prophets it says Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning what himself, himself. He's he's not saying, okay, uh, let me tell you the story of David or let me... No, he's saying all the stories that Moses wrote about or the prophets wrote about or all of these guys wrote about in the Old Testament, it all pointed towards me. And the same thing with the New Testament scripture, it all points towards the central figure, Jesus All the gospel writers and all the apostles, everything that they wrote, it was all centered around Jesus. And when we read scripture, we shouldn't be reading scripture only to know what we should do, but we should be reading scripture to see a character of God and to see who is God, who is this Eya, Asher, Eya to me today. What is he doing for me today? Amen. So I'm going to read this out. I don't know who wrote this, but I'm going to read it out. This was found in a Don Moyne album uh, a few years, like a few decades back, and I found this very, very powerful. So I'm going to read it out, and you're, you're welcome to scream an amen, and you're welcome to respond, and you're welcome to worship God, even as I read it out. Are you ready? One, two, three, go. In Genesis, Jesus is the ram at Abraham's altar. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is the high priest. In Numbers, he is the cloud by day and the pillar of By night In Deuteronomy He is the city Of our refuge In Joshua He is the scarlet thread Out of Rahab's window In Judges He is our judge In Ruth he is our kinsman redeemer. In 1st and 2nd Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In the book of Ezra, he is our faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he is the rebuilder of everything that is broken in our lives. In Esther, he is my Mordecai, sitting faithfully at the gate. In Job, he is our Redeemer that ever Ever liveth in Psalms He is my shepherd And I shall not want In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes He is our wisdom In Song of Solomons He is uh, the Beautiful bridegroom And in Isaiah he is The suffering servant In Jeremiah and Lamentations It is Jesus who is the Weeping prophet in Ezekiel he is the wonder Four-faced man. In Daniel, he is the fourth man in the midst of the fiery furnace. In Hosea, he is my love that is forever and ever faithful. In Joel, he baptizes us. Somebody say, he baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. In Amos, he is our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he is our savior. In Jonah, (laughs) he is the great foreign missionary that takes the word of God into all the world. In Micah, he is the messenger with a beautiful feet. In Nahum, he is the, he's my avenger. In Habakkuk, he is the watchman that is ever praying for revival. In Zephaniah, He is the Lord He is mighty to save In Haggai He is the restorer of our lost heritage In Zechariah He is our fountain And In Malachi He is the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. But he is still my air. Asher, share Ready? In Matthew, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. In Mark, he is the miracle worker. In Luke, he is the son of man. In John, he is the door by which everyone of us must enter. In Acts, he is the shining light that appears to Saul on the road to Damascus. In Romans, he is our justifier. In 1 Corinthians, our resurrection. In 2 Corinthians, our sin-bearer. In Galatians, he redeems us from the law. In Ephesians, he is our unsearchable riches. In Philippians, he supplies our every need. In Colossians, he is the fullness of the Godhead, Godhead bodily in first and second Thessalonians he is our soon coming king in first and second Timothy he is the mediator between God and man in Titus he is our blessed hope in Philemon he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother in Hebrews he is the blood of the everlasting covenant in James it is the Lord that heals the sick. In 1st and 2nd Peter, he is my chief shepherd. In 1st, 2nd and 3rd John, it is Jesus who has the tenderness of love. In Jude, he is the Lord who is coming with 10,000 saints. And in Revelation, come on lift up your eyes. Come on, stand up wherever you are because He is the King of kings and He is the Lord of lords and He is the one who is worthy of all praise. All angels worship Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. He is the mighty King of kings. All scripture talks about this person. All scripture shows us who Jesus is. Today, are you ready to give him that space into your life? Yes. Today, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, are you ready to give him space into your life? Are you ready to say, Lord, you come and be my ayah, asher, ayah? That you will be who you will want to be. You will show mercy however you want to show mercy. That you will have compassion however you want to show compassion. Are you ready to give this Jesus space in your life? Are you ready to give this Jesus space in your life? Father, we pray this morning for every single one of us that need that encounter with the resurrection and the life that you are that need that understanding of Ayah, Asher Ayah. Lord I pray that each and every person that is watching us online and every ear and every eye that is attentive to my voice in this house also we pray that there will be a opening in their spirit today Even those that have a relationship with you I pray that they will go in depth and they will see all your goodness Lord and they will see a next level of who you are and what you are doing and what you are speaking that you would would open their eyes to, to the deeper conviction Lord to the deeper understanding and we yield ourselves to you Lord I pray that you would restore broken hearted people you would be all that you need to be that you would cause us to finish this year at a high note, at a note of celebration, at a note of rejoicing that we don't carry any of the burdens from this past 11-12 months into the next year that we would go with a clean slate because you are preparing us for something new because you are preparing us for something beautiful and great we pray and we bless your children in the name that is above every other name and we believe that as I speak a blessing upon them in the name of Jesus everything that is available in that I am will manifest for their for your children will manifest in their homes will manifest in their uh, careers in their businesses in their finances every area lord May the I Am, may Ea Asher Ea manifest himself to your children. We love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for downloading today's sermon. We hope this ministered to you and your family today. Connect with us at DreamingRevival.com and you are welcome to join in to any of our Sunday celebration service at 11 a.m., or you can tune into our live stream at YouTube.com slash Pastor God bless you and have a blessed week.